And it's saving power. Yeah, yeah. Let every heart sing now. Lord, I want to live for Thee. My strength, come now. Yeah. 
thy spirit. Thy spirit. Go. Amen, amen. Bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord, everybody. For he is good and he's always worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I am privileged, privileged, privileged to be in the house this morning, to be called upon to share this pulpit with a great and awesome man such as Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes. I give honor to you, sir. Give honor to the First Lady, all the ministers, my brothers and sisters in Christ, 
the deacons, deacons' wives, everyone in their respective places. But there's one respective place that I cannot forget, and that is the place that is held by the lovely Robin Ross, my wife, my partner. We thank you for all of the blessings that God has wrought before us. I do ask uh, that while I'm preaching, that you would take time to be in prayer with my mother who had a fall on yesterday and uh, she had some fractures in her legs. So we just want to be in prayer for her. But we thank God because God is able. They started out talking about broken bones and surgery, but now it's a fracture, a few couple of fractures that could possibly heal on their own. So we're trusting God to be Jehovah Rophi. God, I heal. Is there a word from the Lord? I say yes, there is. In the book of James 1 and 12, the scripture tells us that Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now when we read this passage of scripture, we are faced with a challenge that is presented with a promise. Now the challenge is to persevere under trial. To persevere means to continue in a course of action even in the face of great difficulty or with little to no prospect of success. Our ancestors endured slavery with little prospect of being free. Their children and great-grandchildren fought fervently for rights that were available to others, yet excluded from the sisters and the brothers. They persevered for a dream that was birthed in their hearts from what I believe was straight from the word of God. I could easily see how Jeremiah 29 and 11 inspired them by saying, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, uh, plans to give you a hope and a future. I believe they allowed the very word of God to establish their vision in the midst of an unfounded future. They persevered. They endured the hard trials, trusting that their doings were not in vain. But though this is a different time, we face many of the same ideologies that linger from the past. It has been dressed up in camouflage. It has been mascara and concealed and, and try to conceal it with concealer. But the oppression cannot be fooled. 
those that are oppressed cannot be tricked by these Jedi mind games that they attempt to run on us because it triggers the very same pain that has been etched into the depths of our DNA consistently for generations. Looking at the news, my soul still aches because I see the newscaster reporting a crime that's committed by an 18-year-old. If he is black, he is a man to be feared. But if he is white, he is a youthful teenager. You have situations where a white man can murder a multitude of people with a submachine gun and gets arrested and safely taken to the jailhouse. But then you got a black brother that's got nothing but Subway sandwiches and gets accosted and murdered in his front yard. We still endure hard trials, but we still have to persevere. You see, we've got to persevere because there are souls that are depending on our determination. But see, there is also a promise. Uh, God says that his promise goes out to those who love him. And so what this speaks to me is that God is easy to love. He's easy to love because he first loved us. Gave his only begotten son because he so loved the world. I never had a problem loving God. But it's the unlovable individuals that I have struggled with. It's the unlovable situations that I've had a hard time with. You see, to persevere means to keep going like the hard things don't matter. The hard things can honestly make us want to stop, but they can equally empower us to make us stop doing it God's way. Uh, if, if we tell the truth about it, uh, there was not a case that God would not have needed to tell us to not be weary in well-doing. But God says that because in well-doing, we can get weary. In well-doing, we can fall by the wayside. In well-doing, we can develop an attitude that will cause us to act in our own self-interest. Uh, they don't care about me no way, so I'm going to do what I want to do because I got to come up. But I need to tell you that you got to consistently do things God's way if you want to get to the promise that God has established. You see, we as Christians, have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to do what needs to be done the way that Christ would do it. But see, life in general can be hard. We've got health challenges. We've got loss of loved ones, unemployment, and underpayment. All of the possibilities, the small rocks that can fit between the pebbles 
we got to deal with those too. You see, through it all, we can live and learn. The songwriter says that through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus and I learned to trust in God. And I don't know about anybody else, but in the midst of my struggles, in the midst of the dark days and dark nights, that's when I was strengthened. I was strengthened in my struggles. When I had an ugly cry along with an ugly prayer, I need to let you know that that's when God began to do something on the inside of me. I, he fortified my walls in the midst of frustration. And so I need to encourage my brothers and sisters to become better instead of bitter. Now, I heard a story about the history of golf balls. And I don't know how true it was, but it sounded good to me. But they said that in the initial makings of the game of golf, all of the balls weren't necessarily round, but they were all so smooth. They didn't have any real texture to them. And the manufacturers knew that they had a hit on the game of golf. But a peculiar happening began to occur. They noticed that the game of golf was attracted by the people that had money. They were the affluent. They were the well-off, the well-established. But for some odd reason, the golf balls stopped selling like they used to. And they noticed that in these sales going down, they said, well, we'll wait a little bit and we'll see if it picks back up. But it never began to pick up. The trend continued. And so they decided that there needed to be some type of investigation. In the midst of their investigation, they noticed that these great affluent individuals were running off in sand pits, going off into ponds, going into these odd wooded areas trying to recover a simple golf ball. And they was like, why in the world are these affluent people that should be too good to do that, just go and buy another one? Why are they struggling to keep the same old golf balls? They were beat up anyway. They had dents and dings. It didn't make any sense to them. But what the scientists overlooked golfers with their competitive nature realized. You see, they understood that the balls that had the dents and the dings in them, those balls would travel further than a brand new ball that had been untouched. It was the ones that had been damaged, the ones that seemed to have brokenness, that was able to go further and further than something that was brand new out of the box. And they were trying to figure out, well, what is going on? So they brought teams of scientists in. And the scientists began to understand that uh, what happened was the, when the, the dimples would suck in air and the air would become an insulation around the ball. And so it allowed the ball to cut through the air without resistance. 
And so what happened was they began to change the dynamic of the game by intentionally putting dents and dings in the balls. They, they had to come up with something professional called it dimples. They put dimples in the ball and they made them uniform. But the point that I'm making is they were intentional. And so I need for you to know that this world will have you to believe that that you got to be perfect in this thing. If you're not perfect, you might as well not try. If you don't look the best, you might as well not try. Forget the fact that God put something in your heart. Forget the fact that God gave you the anointing. If you don't look right, then you can't serve in this capacity. But I'm here to tell you, oh, help me, Holy Ghost, help somebody. I'm here to tell you that God intentionally put some dimps and dings in your way. God has intentionally put some obstacles in your way. It's the things that you go through, the brokenness that brought you to God. I know for myself that I got stronger in the midst of my challenges. I know that God has made weights. He made weights on us. So the weight, when you pick it up, you pick it up, and you pick it up, and it begins to get you uh, in fit and in shape. But the way that it happens is that your muscles actually tear down. And that's why you're sore the next day. Because your muscles have been torn. They've been broken. And because they've been broken, now they got to heal back. But God didn't ordain them to heal back in the same capacity. God makes them to come back bigger and stronger. I need for you to know that it's not to break you so that you can stay where you are. But God ordained you to get bigger and stronger. You know the $6 million man? He told him, they said, well, he's broken right now. But we can make him faster. We can make him stronger. Then they play the little music and and then they go for him. And the next thing you know, you see old Steve Austin running around and he jump off higher than he ever jumped before. What does the sound say? I need to let you know that God has put some in your spirit. There you go, brother. I need for you to know that God wants you to do bigger and better things but the anointing comes out of your brokenness it's not that God is saying to you that you can't do this because you're broken people say that but I need for you to understand that God showed me one day driving around minding my own business and then I got to a church sign sitting at a light and the church sign said that man calls to qualified but God qualifies the called. and it was in this moment that I was struggling with my call to ministry I had went to my leader at the time and he said well brother that's just enthusiasm everybody should have that but then God kept dealing with me in my prayer time I saw a perspective from the pulpit and then God began to tell me that God qualifies the call I 
need to let you know that you can go out and you can take your classes if you want to. I'm not speaking against education, but there's something specific in the power of the anointing. You can't get educated without the anointing. You can get all of your degrees, but you still need the anointing. The anointing is God's okay. The anointing is the dove coming down and resting on your shoulder. I need to let you know that it's your brokenness that makes you better. It's your brokenness that makes you human, that makes somebody be able to hear from you when they can't hear from nobody else. Use your brokenness. Let your past be your passion. Let your past be your power because God has ordained it. It is so and so it is. I need to let you know that God gave power in the form of his son, Jesus the Christ. He came up out of the ranks. Wasn't nothing special. He came out of Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But this Nazarene came on up, began to hear for blessings, began to do miracles, and then people began to look at him and understand his authority. I need to let you know that he has the authority to justify you if you just say Jesus. If you just say Jesus is my Lord and Savior, is the King of my life. Oh, if you get sold out to Jesus, he's already sold out to you. Hallelujah. I bless his holy and righteous name. Glory to God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. God bless you. Enjoy your power because it came out of your past. It's your brokenness that shall make you better and not bitter. God bless you and God keep you. Hallelujah. feel better so much better since I laid my burden down oh I feel better oh so much better oh since I
the doors of the church are open. Amen. If you will, in the sound of my voice, just rest on your feet. Blessed are they that endure temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of righteousness. What the Lord shall give us on that day. Amen. John the Revelator and the Isle of Patmos stood before God and he saw a great multitude of people and they were there in white robes. And John asked the question to God. He said, who are these who have the blood of the lamb on them? He said, these are they that have come through great tribulation." Is there anybody here that knows uh, you go through some things in this life, but I, yeah, we yeah. serve a God who will take you through those tribulations and take you through those dings and dangs and dimple you up so that you can come out as pure gold. Is, is yeah, there anybody yeah, yeah, here that yeah, knows yeah. And wherever you are, God has set it up so that your dings actually are for your glory. Amen. And for his glory. Oh, yeah, Bible yeah, simply yeah. says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you will, if you simply believe that, your life is saved today. And you're saved even from all that you've ever done and all that you've ever done wrong. He saves you right now. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. That everything that we've had to endure is still going to be coming out glorious. Everything that we've had to go through, Lord, we thank you for this word on today. We thank you for this encouragement that even when society looks at us in a certain way, we are still to persevere. We are still to hold on to your unchanging hand. Because you have led us not only through the valley of the shadow of death, but Lord, you will then put us in a place where we can sit at a table and our enemies will be able to look at us and see the glory of God at their expense. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this word on today. Lord, we thank you for your preacher on today. We ask that you would build him up. Lord, even while he was preaching, we thank you that his mama is being healed even at this All moment. Right. For you are God who will yeah, heal. Yeah, heal yeah. through your very word. That mm -hmm. no moment we've learned that even in our brokenness, God mm -hmm. will get the glory if we persevere uh, yeah, through. Lord, yeah, we bless yeah. you. Lord, we thank you. It is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So much better Oh, since I laid My
Amen. Just want to come before you once again to let you know that we're going to be shortly celebrating our pastoral anniversary. I want to give God praise for our pastor. Give God praise for the 30 and 3 years. I learned on last week, as soon as I said 34, I knew I was wrong. But 33 years he has been here. I want to want to let you know that God, the, the Bible says that God will give us pastors after his heart. Amen. I don't think we get that. Uh, that when we understand what we have in a pastor, the Bible declares that God gave us that pastor and it was after his own heart. And he said they will feed you with wisdom and understanding. We can thank God for the ministry of the Reverend Dr. Richard B. Haynes for feeding us 30 and 3 years with wisdom and understanding. That, that on April 10th, we're going to have our drive-by celebration. And on April 11th, we'll have the culmination of the 33rd pastoral anniversary. And we want to just thank God again for what he's doing in the body and life of our church and through our pastor. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Bless God. Bless God. My, 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 what a preacher. Well, y'all bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for preaching. Amen, Reverend, Reverend Martin Luther Ross. <laughs> I thank God for solid, solid word. And, and right now word. This, this is something we all needed to hear today. So it was no accident, no accident that I just stumbled upon him in the parking lot yesterday and said, you preaching tomorrow. That was not an accident. God knew exactly what he was doing, knew exactly what we needed to hear today. We thank God for you, those who come to aid in making sure that we keep services ongoing. And we certainly thank those at home who continue to tune in to make sure that the church keeps rolling on. Uh, this year has been, and it's been a year now, uh, but it's been an exciting year because it has given us the opportunity to see the true strength of the church. Church is so much more than how many people we can pack into a building. Church is so much more than that. And this year, as tragic as it has been and as many downfalls that we have seen and as much tragedy as we've seen, but this year, the church has learned a valuable lesson. Uh, I heard uh, one of our members, Brother Curtis Raines, I heard him mention the other day, and he, he called this year a worldwide altar call. <laughs> and I grabbed that. I thought, wow, that's it right there. This, this, this pandemic has brought the church of Jesus Christ, has brought the church of God into a worldwide altar call. And I just believe and I just know for sure uh, that because of this dean, <laughs> because of 
this, this new ding in this ball. That we're going to go further, and we're going to go further, and we're going to go further. God bless you. God keep you. Let me just share this information with you. Uh, we have on uh, April the 3rd, April 3rd, our children's drive through Easter celebration. That's on April 3rd. That's for our children. We will celebrate Easter, but we will do it in a drive through celebration on April 3rd. So please make sure you bring all the children out. Make sure you bring them all out uh, that they might get a chance to see each other, that they can spend the time in fellowship together and in fun together as we celebrate this season. That is on April the 3rd from 12 until 2. Uh, also, let me prepare us that on Easter Sunday, we're coming to church. We're going to be here on the grounds on Easter Sunday. Now we're going to be outdoors, but that's all right. The church is the church wherever it is. <laughs> so we're going to have service outside on Easter Sunday uh, at 11 a.m., just the 11 a.m. service on Easter Sunday. So we're looking for everybody to show up. We'll be in the parking lot over at the Heritage Hall. So we're just looking for everybody to come that day that we might get a chance to at least wave at each other. Amen. If you want to go ahead and bump elbows, I'm about tired of that, but we, we got to do what we got to do. Go ahead and bump elbows and wave and whatever we're going to. We, we need to do, and we're going to learn to do whatever it is that we need to do to be together. That's what, that's what we're going to have. We're going to have to do whatever we can do. And now we will begin to learn exactly that tie that binds us together has nothing to do with shaking hands. <laughs> the tie that binds us together has nothing to do with being able to hug each other. The tie that binds us together is so much deeper than any of that. And we're learning that right now. We're learning that right now. God bless you. God keep it. Let me solicit prayers for our own Pastor Gail Bush. Pastor Gail Bush is going in for surgery uh, in the morning. And we want to just keep her lifted up. I want to pray. We know God is able and Lord knows she knows it. But we want just to keep her lifted up in prayer and uh, that God will do what only God can do uh, as she goes through this period. We also want to keep Reverend Ross's mother in prayer. And we thank God for what he's already done. We thank God for what he's going to do. God bless you. God keep you as our prayer. We now enter into our period of Holy Communion. Let us prepare. When on the cross of Calvary, the Lord was crucified. The mob stood round about him and they mocked him till he died. Two thieves were nailed beside him to share his agony. But one of them <laughs> doesn't take a crowd. One of them cried out to him, oh Lord, remember me. And when we come to this table, when we come to this table, don't you take, don't you think for one moment that you have been so grand and that you've done all the right things and that God has just got to look down on you right now. You need to humble yourself. Look toward heaven and say, Lord, 
remember me. Remember me. When on the cross of Calvary the Lord was crucified the monster round about him and mourned until he died to thieves were nailed beside him to share the agony oh but one of them cried out to him oh lord remember me oh the Lord remember me when I am called to go, when I have crossed the silly sea, will he, his love, oh yes, he heard my from bond did set oh yeah yeah yes and when I reach the pearly we thank you for this hour Father God, we come remembering what Christ did for us on Calvary's cross. Father God, we thank you for giving us the faith to believe that he died for our sin. He shed his blood, Father God, that our sin might be resolved. Father God, we thank you for the faith, Father God, to continue to believe, Father God, that you raised him from the dead. Father God, we thank you. And Father God, we pray, Father God, that as we come upon this hour Father God we come Father God in communion with thee Father God we pray Father God that you would clear our minds Father God and clear our hearts Father God that we might have a clear view of the cross Father God Father God that we might realize Father God that you did it all for us and Father God we pray Father God that that we would just hold that dear and near to our hearts Father God that we would never forget Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you did for us. Now, Father God, we just pray, Father God, that you would take this bread and this wine, Father God, and make it useful, Father God, for this hour. We just thank you, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And thank God. Oh, yes. He heard my people cry from home. And when I reach the pearly gates, he will be Oh, what a shame to kill him. There are 
But such a death was needed to rescue the loss of blood was made a ransom to set teaches us that on that night before he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, said, this is my body, take, eat. After which he took the cup, says, this is the New Testament in my blood. Take and drink you all of it. And as often as you do this, you show the Lord's death until he comes. My brothers and sisters, let us never forget and let us live in the assurance that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back to gather his own. And my prayer is for the church, for the body of Christ, is that when that time comes, he finds us ready to go back with him when he comes. Let's close with this. I, I'll I'll be caught up to meet him one day, one day, I'm going where Jesus is, one day, one day, I'm going where Jesus 
promises Oh, one day One day I'm going with Jesus Oh, I'll be called up To meet him in the air One day One day I'm going with Jesus One day, one day, I'm going where Jesus is. Oh, one day, one day, I'm going where Jesus is. Oh, I'll be caught up to meet him in Oh, by and by. By and by, I'm going for a chariot ride. By and by, by and by, I'm going for a chariot ride. By and by, by and by, I'm going for a chariot ride. will be mine we will meet tell the story oh I'll be caught up to meet him in the air oh I'll be caught up yeah yeah I'll be caught up joy and happiness will be mine we will meet tell the story Come on here. Oh, I'll be caught up. I'll be caught up. Joy and happiness will be mine. Oh, we will meet. Tell the story. I'll be caught up to meet him. Oh, yes, yes. God be with you till we meet. Oh.
may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and evermore. Let us all say. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.